What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Sugar, the podcast. Today, our guest is Danny Harvey. He is the tour manager and front of house for Beartooth. Super stoked for you guys to hear this conversation. The guy's super interesting. Uh, his story is really cool, and I think he hits on some really cool points on how he got to where he is and just overall how to kind of grow in the music industry. So I hope you enjoy it. Little disclaimer, at the eight minute mark, we had to, for some reason, refresh the page uh, on the recording software. So it did glitch and it did not uh, keep using the mic audio for the episode. So you hear my MacBook microphone versus my Blue Snowball. Didn't realize that happened until after the fact, but still a great conversation nonetheless. And uh, we hope you enjoy. Cool. So we are live, not live, but we are recording. (laughs) I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been I've been following you for a little bit now. I'm big fan of Beartooth. Oh yeah. So it was one of those like seeing seeing what they're up to and who they're working with kind of thing. So uh, it's been cool to see all the things that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been fun. Those guys are great. You, um, mm-hmm. I just had a look at your stuff too. You were just at Louder Than Life with Archetypes, right? I was. Oh yeah, which is managed by Oshi. Yep, and, 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 and Tom. Yep, so I got to actually meet Tom and Oshi at Louder, uh, which was really cool. Really, really dope people. Yeah, they're great. Hell yeah. Was it fun? And, and, oh, absolutely. They, uh, they crushed their set, which was great, and... That was kind of the first big festival for me. Uh, I mean, I've done Warp Tour and, and stuff like that, and, and so what fast, but Louder was was really dope. Yeah, it's definitely like, if you look out and you're like, holy crap, there's a lot of people there. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and just watching the, uh, you know, the last three, uh, it was like uh, Lamb of God, Shinedown, and Slipknot's crowds. I mean, it's not everyone just, was there. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like the whole country's there. Like, it's, it's just oh. like, as far as the eye can see, people incredible incredible yeah. for sure but uh tom had great things to say about about you uh okay. i told him that we were i told him we were doing this today and uh he was like he's one of the sweetest people you ever meet oh <laughs> well i'm gonna ruin all of that this channel i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> awesome so i i don't really have an agenda i don't i don't like to really put an agenda together because i like to be as casual and, and genuine as possible but uh what i do want to obviously know is how you got started doing what you're doing and, and ultimately getting to the point where you're working with Beartooth and doing tour managing in front of house and uh, see where the conversation goes from there. For sure. Um, I guess it started when I um, I made my own little recording studio in my back garden. So I was, what, maybe 15? I guess I didn't do it on my own. I definitely had help from my dad and uh, his friends and stuff that he met that wanted to like just help the local scene. So I live in Cornwall, which is in the middle of nowhere. So it's like right southwest of England, right on the tip. Not really much goes on. So like wanted to help what was there. So really got into recording music and doing that and started my own band down here. And then that led to going to university. So I went to university to do music production mm-hmm. um, with the goal to be a, a studio guy. And then in Brighton. So I moved out of Cornwall, went to Brighton and just met a bunch of people. Like, I feel like that's the most I took from university. Not that I didn't learn anything, but mm-hmm. I met a bunch of people because that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's networking and um, just, yeah, met them. And then when I finished, um, one of them was like, we're looking for a, a sound guy in a venue. And I was like, oh, live sound. I've never really dove into that, but what? how different could it be from a studio? Very different. <laughs> but um still like similar aspects i was thinking i understood how audio worked and patching and what a compressor does and all that so just did that um different venues around brighton and then different bands came through um and then the one that came through that i was really looking forward to was a band called set your goals mm-hmm. um it's like a, a pop punk band from california and got chatted to them got chatting to a, one of their crew guys um who was actually moving to brighton so we kept in touch because he didn't know anyone in Brighton. And then he ended up moving in with me. I, a room opened up. Um, and then he was like, do you want to go on tour? And I was like, absolutely. Like, never really thought about it. Never really thought that mm-hmm. 
as an option or a job. Right. Um, went on tour for basically nothing because they couldn't afford anything, but they needed someone. I was like, I'll, I'll do that. That's how it. That's how it starts, right? Absolutely. Um, that tour was every time I die, um, cancer mm-hmm. bats, set your goals, and mate, do amend. And then from there, I actually ended up working for cancer bats um, and every time I die on different tours. And then through cancer bats, I met Silverstein um, and then some other bands in between. I killed the prom queen. I did a tour with who I met mm-hmm. some other people. It's just meeting people along the line. Right. And then Silverstein I was with for ooh, six, seven years. And then through them, I met Beartooth. Mm-hmm. So they Beartooth supported Silverstein in 2015 um and then we did warped and um, i want to say that same year with them and then in 17 and just got to know them and then mm-hmm. they were like i think i had a a gap opened up in touring that and bad people like do you want to come and do a tour with us and i was like absolutely and then from then i never went back <laughs> yeah man and in the theme of like what you just really explained was be a good person and network and yeah you know i you know you you said it early on and what you're saying about just you met this person and and at university and then you met that person and then they kind of connected you to this person and then it's just you're building that network and it's so important and to absolutely yeah as you said being a good person having that mindset as to help others too like i definitely wanted to help others on my way and then the people respect that back as such and it'll help you and then like mm-hmm. even back to that like helping this guy move to brighton then he helped me with giving me a tour obviously i never really thought about it like that but yeah that's the same yeah yeah I, then, I, yeah I i always say too you can be great at your job but if you're not a good person you, you're not gonna so i like to think of myself right. as a good person i guess so, yeah absolutely <laughs> and what i love uh is that that i feel is going to be a recurring theme in these these interviews that I do this season, because we just I just interviewed Corbin Alve from uh, We Came as Romans. He does uh, the front of house for them and, and uh, lighting design and all that stuff, or he does oh, yeah. production for for them. And we talked about that for a while. It's just don't you know don't be a don't don't be a person that people don't want to be around. No, because right? that's what touring is honestly all about. Because you live with this person, right? You're in a a van and a bus and whatever. And if you're an asshole, no one wants to be around you really. And it's <laughs> remembered. It's remembered forever. Right. Yeah. Like, that's it. You leave an impression on someone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I, I, I think this, this scene, like we came as Romans and all like that metal core. I don't know. Punk scene. I don't know what you want to throw it. You know what I mean? The scene yeah. it's, it's full of so many nice people. I feel like that's what that scene is built on. Like I don't really mm-hmm. rarely, can't think of anyone that I've met come across and be like, Oh, how do they get here? <laughs> like, it must, mm-hmm. it must filter or something. Cause there's got to be some filtered out at the early stages. Maybe. I don't know. Well, that's a, that's a really great point because if you're not a great person, you won't, you won't make it that far. So where you're at, you've met all great people. Cause they're probably great they're people. Not that right? far. I don't, I like to think <laughs> yeah. And it was something that I thought was really cool. It's like, you know, I've, I've never met anybody in, in Beartooth and this past weekend meeting Ashi, I was, you know, it's more so like, be cool, man. You know, like for me, like for me, be cool, you know? And it was just cool to just be like, he's a normal dude. Tom's a normal dude. And I'm a normal dude, right? Yeah. Like, and we're all <laughs> like-minded people, right? If we're here doing this and this is what we want to do. Like, so yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool. And as far as just networking goes, that's, that's what leads you to those opportunities to be in the place that you are now. But anyways, yeah. Your, so this podcast that you've done different kind of um, like themes and stuff. So this one you were saying is music or was it all music or? Yeah. So we started out as a music podcast, your run of the mill, interviewing bands and, and stuff like that. And really, you know, not that I don't enjoy that, but we took the summer off to think about how can we not revolutionize, but really just think differently about what where we can go with it and who doesn't get talked to enough and appreciated for the work they do behind the scenes. And that's the crew. That's everyone that makes live shows happen. And 
that was kind of just the idea behind it. And so there's a ton of people. The crew's I just found out this past weekend that Slipknot's crew is like a hundred people. I kind of yeah, it's nuts, right? And if it I, wasn't for them, Slipknot would not be able to do what they do. Yeah, the logistics know? behind a show like that is just is just absolutely crazy. Like yeah. I mean, if you look at that show, there's there's nine people on stage. So you can imagine. Like, mm-hmm. and, and and that's the thing. It's their 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 production is insane. But if they didn't yeah. have the people there to actually help them put it together design it or whatever it may be it wouldn't happen and so i feel like people tend to forget that people like you and, and corbin who i interviewed and everyone that does anything behind the scenes exist uh, for so. sure it's just this magical thing that suddenly gets set up and they watch the show and then it shows right. up something else the next day yeah like just at louder this past weekend it's like you know you have shine down going on uh while they're setting up for for slipknot right but they have a big screen behind, up and no one can see what's happening, right? So the two idea is great. Like whoever did that first, such a great idea. Like absolutely, oh absolutely. I'm old with music all day. Like a little mm-hmm. break in music sometimes and be like, hey, refresh your ears and kind of get ready for. But... Yeah, and at the you know at, at the end of the day, it's how can you be as efficient as possible in a huge fest like that with so many people not wanting to have a bad experience. So the setting up all the bands playing and then just basically flip-flopping the whole time is, is what's perfect. The, what's that other, when we were young, fast as soon, <laughs> I think I've heard rumors that they've got one of those revolving stages. So mm. like being under one tent or one canopy, whatever, but that when the other band's setting up, they'll be behind setting up, but then the stage will revolve. And then oh. it's nuts. I've never even seen anything like that. I've heard of him a couple of times. Like, I wonder if you could do like three, because that. I wonder how that's going to work. Because there's so many bands playing that festival. So like, many great bands. It's insane. When I saw, oh, well, I mean, a lot of people did. They thought it was fake, didn't they? they were like, right. well, look at this. Like, there's no way there's. Yeah. Different. But no, they. That'll be a fun one. Un- unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. But going to be uh, there. Either. Everyone that I know that is going is just super stoked. It's one of those like. I, mean, I wouldn't call it a Woodstock, but I know what you mean, though. Absolutely, yeah. That many names under one flyer is—it's nuts. Yeah, I wonder if they'll it, do it again. Like, I wonder if it will be a one-off, because then it'll be like, oh, do you remember that festival in 2022? Or it'll be happened every year. And... Right. If it goes off without a hitch, I could see them thinking about it. But it's one of those. It's like, let's just pull it off and see what happens. Exactly. You know? yeah. And then getting that many bands every year, though. Without too right. many repeating is to fall on that same weekend. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it's two weekends too. So right, because it's sold out instantly. Right. I mean, what that that was a given, and I, I can understand why people would think it was fake. Yeah, it's, it looks insane. Right. No one's done that before with all those old and new. That's bands, it, you know, yeah. like Paramore playing right. They haven't played a show mm-hmm. in in a while. Right. Uh, um, you did Warp Tour too. What year did you do? 2017, I believe. Uh, I think I was on 2017. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who was headlining. And who I took those of. Silverstein. Who else was on? Was it 17? I know I, Amity was there. Um, I think Bad Tooth were on it. Well, they were on some of it, maybe. Possibly. I don't think Beartooth was there that, that year that I was there. Who were you with? Were you working for a band or? I was, I was just on the, on the publication side, just covering photo and, and, and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that was, it was, it was the last cross country tour. That's the one. So whether 2017 or 2018. 2018 yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I've done two and a, two and a half. I think they all merge into one. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine being on the road for warp tour. I bet that was just like, I mean, they pulled it off. Uh, yeah, Lyman's a genius. Of how many crews say Slipknot have like the the crew on like a warp tour setting up all those stages every day, all those mm-hmm. tents, all like the merch tents or the sponsors. Or the, like, yeah, that's pretty nuts. And to do yeah. it so early too. And I'm so, I don't want to say I'm surprised. Kevin Lyman did it very well in, in everything that warp tour was. I don't blame him for. Shutting it down after however long, because yeah. man, 
every summer you're just you're grinding for months you know so but yeah no it's it's i would jump back at it in a heartbeat i would do it again i'm i i love going to work tour every summer it was it was the highlight while i was in school of like i know this is happening and i can look forward to it sure yeah see i never had that here like obviously being from the uk so when i went for the first time it was when i was doing it so i was just like what the hell is happening like i knew of this festival when i was a kid when i was in school and i was like not a chance but i'm never gonna go to that Right. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, yeah. that was one of the 50 plus bands. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Honestly, I hated my first one though. I think it's because I had these great expectations of it being that like, this thing that I've known about for years since I was at school and be like, oh yeah, finally going to do it. Hated it. What, what did but, you hate about it? I don't, I, now thinking back, I don't know. I think it was just, it was, it's long days. Mm-hmm. It's hot, obviously. It's outside. Yeah. You have no idea when you're going to play. Like, it's kind of very chaotic. Mm-hmm. But then the second time I did it, I loved it. And it didn't change. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know why, to be honest. Maybe yeah. I think it went in with these great expectations and it didn't live up to it. And then the second That's, one, yeah. I it was no expectations. Right, because you, you were like, all right, yeah, I, I know what this is about to be about. And yeah. you, can kind of, you can kind of prep for it. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I totally get that. Um I mean, I, I can only imagine the logistics behind, you know, just running all the sound, audio for however many bands all day. I yeah, bet their crews were so uh, tired. Stage has their own like sound crew, their own crew and everything, right? They set the stage, set the but yeah. I remember mm-hmm. one, the first year I did it. Maybe that's got something to do with it. The stage we were on was analog. Mm-hmm. So every there was like a fifteen-minute changeover. And the console that I was on was different every day that I got to it. Mm-hmm. So nothing was like the same. I had to change line check everything. And then the second time uh-huh. we, did, we were on um, one of the monster stages that were the two next to each other. So you had mm-hmm. a longer changeover while the other band was playing and a digital console that I could load a file on. Right. So maybe that, that made it a lot easier and a lot more controlled and had a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah, and I think that's a great segue into what you do uh, and, and how you make the magic happen behind the soundboard. Uh, and so, again, part of what I want to do with these these series of episodes is, like, have it also be, like, a learning and teaching moment for people that are interested in doing what you're doing. And, you know, I, I love that we started out with how you really got to where you are. But now I want to know, like, what it is that you do and you know, maybe the, the highs, the lows, the, the very difficult things, the things that, you know, you've had some oh shit moments, I'm sure, yeah. and kind of go from there. So obviously you do front of house, front of house is sound, and tell me, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, I guess it's hard to just jump in. So yeah, front of house is the sound, that the, the crowd here, and then there's the monitors, which is the, the what the band here. So that's like your two different audio roles on tour i guess and mm-hmm. um yeah for, so i my day started in a way like once the equipment is set up i mic it up or if it's a like a di or something so there's a lot of bands use campers or axe effects now so plug everything in so it reaches my console and then obviously that's a patch too so making sure everything lines up where i want it to be and then on both ends of the snake as such so monitors and front house and then use those lines to make it louder. Obviously there's lots of steps in between. Like I have my way that I route things through my console and there's different compressors and EQs and gates and like mm-hmm. groups and stuff that I use. Um, and then monitors. So Beartooth is a little different in the way they do it. Cause Caleb, the singer is very involved in audio. So he actually, he mixes the records, he's all that. So he knows his way around audio. So he does monitors. So normally on a, a gig kind of this size, you'd have a monitor engineer um, that would do monitors. But yeah, Caleb does it. So I patch everything in. Um, comes to, yeah, Caleb runs the monitors and I do front of house. So it's nice in that way to have someone to do it because I've definitely done bands before too and monitors are done from front of house, like on a scale like which is harder because you want it 
EQ things differently to not feedback or to hear how you want to hear it. And then the struggles, I guess, that I find you in front of house is you're just fighting the room. So if I've got my mix kind of sorted, especially if you're traveling with a, the same console and I'm bringing up my same mix every day, my difference every day is where we are. So like I ring out and I try and make a certain song. So I have two songs that I use and I make that song sound the same in that room. And then when the band plays, my mix would still be the same as that song, if that makes sense. That that makes sense. I, I just recently learned, like I say learned, but yesterday, uh, I mean, the archives guys were just like, you know, shooting the shit. And they were saying that when they did sound check or uh, Amity's uh, front of house did sound check, he played the same song every single time and, yeah. and basically blast it so that he can understand, like, what can the system actually handle? Yeah, like, I... I've different engineers but the reason i play the same song is i want to hear what the room sounds like like mm -hmm. i know what that song sounds like and i know what it, i want it to sound like so if i play mm -hmm. it really loud i can take things out of the pa to make it sound the same in that room that it did in the room yesterday or in the room before like or through those speakers because obviously different speakers and different um pa sounds different Right. as well as the room sounding different. So if I make that song sound the same, then the my mix of the band will sound the same. Right. No, I, so, I get that. So I'd take, like, it's called ringing out the PA. So I would take out different frequencies of the, um, and then certain rooms are easier than others. Like a big arena is bouncy as hell, like especially with no one in it. There's a classic <laughs> thing, oh, it would change the bodies in the room. Like as many times, if I had a pound or a dollar for every time I've heard that, um saying i wouldn't be in my garden shed right now <laughs> yeah yeah no i, um, I that, that makes sense yeah so yeah and then a smaller room like we actually on the end of the last beartooth tour we did a bunch of like underplay shows which was super fun but challenging in their own way to like fight with that smaller room like we came off like mm -hmm. a, a day to remember tour we were playing like mainly outdoors and like not really right. a room to fight with and then come into this tiny little um, basement or whatever, and I'm fighting with Connor's cymbals, like mm -hmm. fighting with guitar sound coming on stage. But when you're outside, like they could, his cymbals I can't even hear from front of house. Do yeah, you know what I mean? It just it just projects. It's not bouncing off anything. Exactly. And then in this little basement, I'm like, oh, I wish I could turn those cymbals down, but obviously you can't. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's the um, and to learn how to. He said that how would one learn how to and like it's i learned so much by doing like when i went on my first tour with sacred girls as we talk about i remember like so scared terrified but i learned probably so much on that first tour probably more than i ever have do you know what i mean because mm -hmm. it's like you have to figure it out you were thrown fully in the deep end um and it's also that i guess this is the segment to talk about something else that i I started during um, lockdown with something called Sonic Workshops. So bored, wanting something to do. Me and a friend, George, kind of like, he works for a university and he like teaches people. And we were like, how can we take this further? Like I wrote a couple of courses for this university. So we opened up oh, cool. a mentoring website, which is what Sonic Workshops is. You can sign up um, and you can have like a one-on-one -on -one chat with anyone. There's like 30 different mentors about what you want to learn. So you could come and talk to me about tour management or front of house. You can come talk about lights or guitar tech or whatever. So that's a good way to learn. And that's how we, I kind of occupied lockdown doing that. That's cool. You know what? I think I saw that and I, I, I totally forgot that was something that you guys did. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was, it worked really well during lockdown because a lot of touring people had time to kill. Mm -hmm. They had their schedules were wide open and people were booking in and it got really busy. But then as soon as touring started again, everyone was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm too busy. I can't put aside an hour or two hours a week to do it, which is obviously fair enough. But, and I right. can't keep up with it either, like the admin side of it. It was really quite tricky to keep it all balanced. Yeah. But, but at least you, at least you like, you saw like a niche that during lockdown, I mean, I literally remember just going outside with my camera because you couldn't go anywhere, right? I'm just it. going walking and taking photos of things because that's all i had to do 
Yeah, you just know? get away from what we're dealing with. Do you know what I mean? Like, take yourself away from everything, which is a creativity, right? Like, taking photos or helping someone else or... But... Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, if anyone wants to learn to do front of house, you can come come to there and we can talk about it more in, in depth. Is, is that something that you, y'all are going to, you know, obviously everyone got busy again. It was like, I can't do all that, but do you guys see that being something that you continue to slowly kind of ease back yeah, into like the... I actually had a session yesterday with someone. Um, and when I'm home from tour, I put times up on the website that people can book in and then other people do as well. And it kind of, we're getting different people interested in it. Um, and then some universities have come to us and be like, can you mentor some of our students about different things, which is really cool. So, yeah, um, what I ideally wanted to do with it is do it, bring it on the road. So, mm-hmm. like, say if limit it to two people, one even one person wants to come out to a sound check and I can teach them there and then in a real life situation, like this is the sound check, this is what I'm doing, this is why I'm doing it. But it's so hard to find that time on a schedule that you're like, you've got to finish sound check in 10 minutes or you've got them right. like, I can't talk to someone or teach someone kind of in that. So we'll see what happens with it. I can't want to do it. But yeah. Well, it, being, being able to jump on, you know, a thing like this and just chat for, for a little bit is, you know, thankful for technology and the internet, right? Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely, which yeah. is nuts. If you think about it, we're talking. Where, do, where do you live? Where you're in? I'm right outside of Dallas. Okay, yeah. And then me being in England, and we're chatting over the internet. What a crazy world! <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. And you know, when we first started the podcast, it was during lockdown. We actually started Coffee and Sugar July of 2020 because we were bored. And that's it. Yeah. And and here we are now, right? It, it's it's kind of cool to just see that progression and, and just kind of sticking yeah. with something and seeing where it goes but companies or podcasts or things like that started during the pandemic oh, probably like so many stuff stuck around though yeah that, I, up again i think anyone that had a computer and maybe a hundred bucks to spare for a mic probably started a, a podcast, started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> i was like dang well we're not you know we're not anything different. I mean, the amount of music podcasts not, out there. Not many of them are still going. Hey, and, and that's something that we're, we're happy about is, you know, every time we hit a lull, it was like, okay, we have to bounce back somehow. What are we going to do that's different? And uh, that's kind of the, the ebbs and the flows of starting something. But Yeah, I mean, that's the same thing with, like, yeah, with Sonic Workshops when we kind of ran out of our momentum at the beginning. Like, what else can we do to push this a little bit more to try and, initiate that in- engagement again mm-hmm. and, and the thing i love about you know just the podcast in general is like the networking and getting to know people yeah. and what people are doing around the world like our first international interview was a, a guy named steph g he's like a rock uh edm dubstep artist out of italy yeah, oh, yeah. connect connected with them via instagram and then there we are just chatting and he's in Italy and I'm here and like, this is really cool. So now I know someone in Italy. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been over to Europe? I haven't. I've, I've not actually been out of the U S. Um, I keep telling myself I need to get a passport cause I feel like at some point it has to happen. And so yeah, you got it. Like, yeah. Canada. I mean, you guys are, yeah. Canada, Mexico is so cool. Especially if you're in Dallas, Mexico is not. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I haven't gotten around to, to making something like that happen, but it's definitely the goal. I, I want to see, you know, Iceland oh, and yeah. Yeah. the, the Nordic countries. I've just, I know are beautiful, like, you know, landscape photos and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about it. I've ever seen of Iceland. I've been like, holy, like, mm-hmm. I've had a layover there. So I've flown in and I'm like, I'm trying to look out the window to see something. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely everything I've heard about is a great experience. So it's the goal. I mean, you know, if my friends and archetypes uh, keep keep doing really cool things and and growing, then maybe I'll end up over there with them. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. They see yeah. how they're doing well. Those guys are my favorite. I've known the lead singer for twelve years. I watched the band start. 
and just I think I was their number one fan for the longest time. Maybe still am. Who knows? But <laughs> how did you? They because uh, they're from Phoenix, right? So my mom lives out in Phoenix. Ah, so I, I actually met Kyle, the lead singer at church in like the youth group when I would go out there during the summers and then we just stayed connected. They became some of my best friends and then we just kind of had a group out there and then they started a band. That's it. I mean, that's a great story right there of how you got into it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like oh, it, 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 it's, it's cool to think about because you never know what's going to happen. You can't predict anything, right? No. So if I had, I don't know, who knows? If I had not stayed connected with them, I wouldn't be doing the things with them that I'm doing now, right? Yeah. It's just that, that, that one relationship. What do they call a butterfly effect? Like one, a butterfly flaps, it wing, flaps his wings in one side of the, the world and there's a hurricane in the other. Like I can't remember the saying off the top of my head, but that same kind of thought, isn't it? If you didn't go to that one church or you didn't keep in contact, then you wouldn't have done that thing years and years later. Like it's nuts. Yeah. It's super cool to look back and be like, Hey, I, you know, I, I kind of put the pieces together and wasn't a shit person, right? Be, be a good person and, and it'll take you a long way. And you understand that. Uh, it's been, it's been cool. And it's been great to watch them go from the first music they ever put out to they signed a fearless records this year and just being managed by which is huge yeah and, and tom and ashi being their manager is 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 such a great match for them it's like things fell into place for them too and it's, it's been really cool to kind of watch it all happen on my end you know oh yeah yeah that's awesome and and so uh yeah they're they're great uh ideally looking at my first month-long tour with them uh sometime soon hopefully so We'll see. <laughs> nice. Did you do that Amity tour that they did? I I did the Texas dates with them. Nice. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, uh, I say hopefully, but yeah, that was that was really cool. I'd never really seen what tour life was like, so it was a uh, it was an experience. Yeah, it's not as glamorous as it may seem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think to the average person, they think that it's just a huge party, and, and really, it's just like chilling in a van. And yeah. what's that classic picture? Is it what people think backstage looks like? Party, everyone drinking. What did actually is everyone sat there on their phone in a dingy old graffitied room with no windows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> pretty real, right? It's that's that. I think uh, Will Ramos uh, of Lorna Shore posted a like a TikTok or something of you know what people think we do uh, in the green room versus what we do, and they're like back there watching like TV and just chilling on the phones just not talking not doing anything yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's a it's a perspective that people don't fully uh see and it's you know it's not like you're right it's nothing as glamorous as it yeah people think i mean it's like even like when i go and talk to like my granddad or whatever about what i do i'm sure i can see his face go into it's just all pie and drugs and rock and roll, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work. Um I, I had this question in my mind that I, I mentioned earlier, but what's a uh, oh shit moment that you've had? Oh yeah. Uh, well on tour. Is it oh shit, I'm here or oh shit, what do I do? Oh shit, what do I do? Uh um I'm trying to think. So the first one that comes to my mind, it wasn't actually that, but so Beartooth just did their big hometown Columbus show. And during changeover, something, I can't remember what it was. Something happened, something to do with Connor's ears. Like what if they weren't working or one ear wasn't working and something, they couldn't figure it out on stage, or whatever. So I ran from front of house to stage, which is quite a way in that, like this big outdoor kind of amphitheater. Um, we had like 10 minutes left of changeover and on my way, I'm like, Oh God, like what, what the hell, what, what could it be? Like we have no replacements or whatever. I get there and they fixed it. So I literally got there turned around and came back again. But that run to it, like it was hot. I was stripping, like, just sweating. Um, so that's definitely been a, 
oh shit moment in that. There's been another. Well, I mean, the, the things that go through your mind when you're like, okay, what's what's going on? What's going on while you're running, sweating? Yeah, and like, then... be like, do I need another cable? Am I going to put him on ears because he's hardwired in? And like, mm-hmm. I know he doesn't want to go on ears, but it is a possibility. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's what do I need? Like, just like there's one show that actually was the last show on the Day to Remember tour. Something was happening with the guitars, and on a support tour, obviously, you want to start on time and finish on time because. The other band depend on you start them depend on you finishing on time for them to start so it's kind of strict and it came to like we're two minutes late and they've just figured out what was wrong with the guitars but i hadn't heard them so i don't know what they sound like i don't know if they're coming up in the right channel but we were like we've got to go and i was just like here we go i hope they work <laughs> <laughs> so that was but they did and it was fine so yeah I feel like things have a way of just like working themselves out, right? The, the show must go on kind of yeah, mentality. We've gone pretty late for things. I can't remember off the top of my head the worst thing that's happened. I always, I've told this story a few times. I remember my first ever show on tour with Set Your Goals. I was so scared. It was like a huge, like, I think it was like 10,000 kind of arena, Parkway Drive were headlining. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were like opening this festival at like two o'clock, but it was packed. Um, I didn't go on stage the whole changeover because I was nervous. I wanted to like sit at the console and I hadn't been on this console before, like figure it out. And they, they started and the mic was on the wrong cap. So I, that was a big like, oh, sh- literally, oh, shit. Like, when you say wrong, on the like, as in like, oh. <laughs> Like they had a double stack and the, ca- the mic was on the top cab and they were coming out the bottom. Need to be on the bottom. Oh, yeah. so I, it took like a, only like a song or two, but on my first show, I'm like, like, why, why can I not hear anything? And I'm, I'm up in it. Yeah, like literally, I think I was gaining it so hard, and I, oh. had to, I was like, why is it this late? And then I think I looked up and like, I bet it's on the wrong cab. Mm-hmm. But oh, I, I mean, but I think the cool thing about. I say the cool thing. Maybe that's not the right way to say it. But the thing about like when those things happen, it's like the fans don't. I don't think they really notice that. Oh, yeah. You know, obviously they, you do, and you're like, oh shit. But they don't. You know. Oh, absolutely. We actually had a. I can't remember where it came from, but we had like a number system of that. So it was like a mistake number one is like mm-hmm. you know, nobody else knows. Not even another band member, not even another crew member. Like, you've done something that only you know. Number mm-hmm. two is you know and the other band know. But no, no, no one in the crowd knows. And then a number three is, like, everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. Then, the whole crowd knows something's gone wrong. Like, so you're like, I had a couple of number twos tonight. <laughs> like, or just the number one tonight. Nobody else knew. So. Just keep, like, a tally, tally mark of, like, days since, you know, last <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and I think uh, you know I think Corbin and I talked about just like the same kind of concept. It's like he may no- notice something that's like happening on on stage. They're like, yep, that's not supposed to be there. But for the average person, they're like, I don't this have is a fantastic. They have exactly. no idea. And, yeah. and also that- every mistake I've learned from. Do you know what I mean? Like that first show that I didn't mic the right cab up or I didn't even go on stage to mic the cab up. From then on, I never didn't go on stage during the changeover and I checked that cab every single time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you learn from those mistakes and I feel like that's how you improve and you get better at everything, right? And if you... Oh, yeah. And if you don't make mistakes, how the hell are you going to improve in a way? So it's just a natural a natural passage to make those <laughs> moments and then fix them. Right. I, when I... So the first, uh, first festival that I ever shot was still at Fest in 2016. I, it was just one of those, like, got a crazy opportunity, and I just went with it. Was that the one I in mean, the baseball stadium? No, uh, that was, the one in 2016 was when it was in, like, Deep Ellum, which, like, like kind of outskirts of downtown Dallas, that multiple yeah. different venues. And then the following spring was in the baseball stadium. Yeah. And... Man, I look back at that experience and I'm like, man, there's so many things I did that I was like, probably shouldn't have done that as far as like operating the camera, you know, 
that was that was the wrong move or that was the wrong composition or that was wrong whatever it was and yeah and you've learned right and now you look back yeah. and you'll never do that or you'll always do that or you know what i mean like yeah yeah absolutely it's it's uh you're absolutely right it's one of those if you're not learning from your mistakes then you're not you're not growing and you're not getting better yeah. at your craft or whatever it may be i don't think i asked but how long has it been since you first started doing audio um my so my first tour was 2012 so 10 years and then i went to university when i was 18 so 2008 <laughs> i'm old so so like i guess 10 years touring and maybe like 14 years doing audio i guess and then before that i had my little studio at home when i was like 15. Right. so this was something i was talking about with the archives guys is that you know they've been a band since 2014. you know i've been taking photos since i was in high school you know and it takes a lot of time i think the point is like it takes a lot of time to to get to a level where it's like yeah you can say you're good at this right like you know what you're doing or it, it is you know i feel like so do i <laughs> learning <laughs> yeah exactly you're always learning for sure yeah. but I feel like a lot of people don't take the time to like really sure. look at where you are and, and where you kind of want to be and, and how to get there and how long that takes. Yeah, a, it takes patience for sure. Like you've got to sit with it. And like I've heard bands and spoken to bands that are like been a band for two years and be like, why aren't we playing to 500 people yet? I was like, you, you've got a long time to go yet. You've got to grow. Mm -hmm. you've got to like, it takes time to grow a fan base. It takes time to grow your network. That's what it is, isn't it? As a, a crew person as anyone as a band it is all growing that network whether that being network to give you a job or network as fans like it's still mm -hmm. a network yeah and, and you know because you're familiar with Beartooth, it's you know, i'll use them as an example it's you know when attack attack ended in, in 2014 and then caleb went to start to start Beartooth. that i mean that was 2014 that was eight years ago yeah and he had a kickstart obviously being in a in a different band Right. but just in the last year or two they've just been crushing it they've been, they've been you know big shows you know touring with the data member and it's people i feel like younger bands look at that's like i want to be there but i don't want to take i don't want to take eight years i don't want it to take 10 years or, or whatever it may be and that's i feel like people lose sight of really how long it takes to yeah like it's an investment in time and <laughs> see money as well because it, it's not cheap to tour and not make money like yeah to do, like diy tours but you've got to like mm -hmm. i even bet you if i know that they went out like a house party tour they always talk about this and it was in 2014 or 15 where they just made like house shows mm -hmm. like, you got yeah, to you, get out there and do it and play shows and I, i've been able to watch since really coffee and sugar started and we started the podcast and interviewing some bands that are, you know, unsigned. They're doing everything DIY. They are, you know, some recording just their own music in their their living room with uh, comforters on the wall so the sound doesn't bounce. And it's it's that grind that is so important. It's like if you care about it, like invest in it, invest your time, your money, and everything, um, and you'll you'll eventually be ideally where you want. But there's a number of bands that I've been able to watch just in the last two years go from really just being a local band to playing So What Fest. You know, uh, I, you know, everyone, uh, I'm sure has some eyes on Bill Murray, right? Obviously Johnny being in Attack Attack and, and then starting his side projects and being able to just watch Bill Murray literally grassroots kind of just build his fan base very organically. Like that organic growth is super important. For, yeah. for for anything, whether it's people that like your photography or people that just like your music. It's, I don't know, people. Yeah, that's where you get your rich from, isn't it? Like you're doing it organically as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, that's been just been cool to watch other other artists and, and creatives just grow because they're, they're putting in time and money into the craft. Yeah. And it does take yeah. a lot of time and a lot of money, as you were saying. Like, mm -hmm. it's not a, you have to be patient with it. You've got to, it's hard. Like, mm -hmm. I remember, like, there's different, like, being, like, in, I don't know, 2013 or whatever, talking on a crew perspective, obviously not a band perspective, getting 
a certain amount of money a day or a certain amount of money per week being like, hell yeah, I am so stoked on this. And now looking back at it, go, I couldn't afford to get that anymore. Like, it's, right. it's like bands are the same. Oh yeah, like happy. Like, I don't need anything more to play with 100 people a night. And now mm-hmm. they're playing maybe 1,000 people to 2,000 people in the night. And they're like, oh, I can't even imagine that. Like, what the hell? Like, oh, God. Like, yeah. I, I, uh, a thought that came to mind is, you know, I asked Corbin in the last interview, uh, where does he want to see himself? And he said that he wants to be doing production for Doja Cat. And I was like, did not expect that. That's yeah. that's dope. And I, I hope you get there. So I'm going to pass the question to you. Where well, do you want to see yourself? I, I don't know if I could pick a band that I'd like to see myself working for. Uh-huh. Yeah, because in a way, I've said this too, like, I don't, not that I, I love Beartooth stuff, but I never want to work for a band that I'm a huge fan of before, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because whether that would ruin it for me or I want to keep them where they are, I don't know. Like, Yeah, well, okay, let's let's, let's flip the, 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 the question a little bit. You know, maybe it's not a band, but, you know, you mentioned we're always learning. We're always teaching ourselves new things. There's, you know, maybe there's a skill level you want to be at. Maybe there's a... Uh, an, an echelon of being a front of house person that you want to see yourself yeah. in. I mean, I guess doing like a band that's doing stadiums would be insane. Like as a huge end goal to be like, whether that is better too, if they keep growing and they get to a, a stage that they're playing stadiums, then hell yeah. Like mm-hmm. do it with my friends. You know what I mean? Um, in a grander schemes and a more real thing, I have a little kid right now. He was eight months old. So I don't want to tour forever. So <laughs> look into the future even further to be like to have I manage a couple of bands too. I manage four bands. Uh either grow them or get in another band that grows and then end up managing a band that still keeps me in the music scene and music world but not so much on the road so I can stay at home more. I guess that's yeah. like a huge But I don't oh, know I, what, Yeah, I yeah. don't know what the time frame on that is. Like I'm not ready to stop touring yet. I still love it, I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. No, I, I get that for sure. I feel like, you know, it's uh, it, just the experiences in themselves are what's super important. It's just getting those experiences and enjoying doing it. And and that's kind of where where I'm at with what I'm doing. I'm assuming that's where you're at with what you're doing. It's just enjoying the time that you get to go do those really cool things. Exactly. Yeah. There's still moments that, as I said, I've been doing it for 10 years. There's still times that I go, holy, like go back to what I said. Do you mean, oh shit, something went wrong or oh shit, I'm here. I still have mm-hmm. so many of those, oh shit, I'm here moments. Like, right. I remember Beartooth did um, Incarceration Fest. It was like in a stadium and we, we were like mid-afternoon and I was like, holy shit, we're playing a stadium. I'm mixing inside a stadium right now. This is nuts. Yeah. And, and Australia, I've been two, three times now. Every time I'm there, like when we play Sydney or something, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm in, I'm on the other side of the world right now. And, mixing a band in sydney this is insane mm-hmm. there's definitely many oh shit moments like that that i've had like, i i i definitely i feel that i in the moment i may not recognize it as an oh shit moment but back for sure. thinking back to it it's like oh shit i just i was just running around on stage at louder than life taking photos of some of my best friends playing music to one of the biggest crowds they've ever played yeah this you know yeah it, 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 moment you're just so focused on what you're doing and you're so like yeah you look back or you look some of those pictures and you're like did i take that look at like that's nuts yeah it took me a whole six hours to to finish out all of those those photos and after going back and then looking through them all i'm like guys you just played to so many people like that's yeah. huge and it gets me excited to just for them right and i'm, I'm sure you feel the same for the, all the artists and, and bands that you work with. Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially that, um, the recent Columbus hometown show that Tooth did was insane. Like fireworks off the top of the stage, pyro everywhere. Like that was like, guys, you just did this. This is insane. Like, yeah. Yep. And then they walk off stage and like, all right, what's the next thing? Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. definitely have that drive, that motivation, which is what you need for the whole, no matter how big you are, if you're playing to, 50 people, if you just started, if you've just come off a stadium, you always need that drive to look for the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. So we're coming up on an hour, and I want to respect your time because I know it's getting later there. 
Um, I, I want to close this out with really two questions. One, is there anything that you want people to know uh, about you or about what you do or any sort of advice or tips or anything that we can close this out with? Um, I mean, advice and tips is how we started this thing. Be a nice person, be a good person. And I, I th really do, do think like, I know you said it first, but I've said that before many times and I stick by it. Like it really does get you further than you think. Mm -hmm. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Um, something about me. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully this has told you enough about, <laughs> about me. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. And then the last question before we go is, one, are you a coffee drinker? I am. Okay. And how do you like your coffee? Ice. Cold brew. Well, just black iced. All right. Yeah. No Simple. milk. Sometimes hot, to be honest. I had a pour over yesterday and it was very tasty. Um, but I still have cold brew, even in the winter. Like, it doesn't get that cold where I am. Like, it get, doesn't get like snow, doesn't really get below freezing. Like, so yeah. There we go. I'll stick to a cold Perfect. brew. Awesome. So, we're going to close this out. I do want to let you know before you hop off, um, we are recording from local machines. So if you can keep your browser open while the upload finishes, that would be sure. appreciated because I do not want to lose this audio <laughs> or the video. So uh, we'll close it out. Danny, thank you so much. I've, I've enjoyed this. I hope you have, and I'm excited to give people an insight into what you do and what, you know, kind of tour managing and front of house looks like. I know we didn't touch much on tour managing, but I feel like kind of goes hand in hand and just working with the bands and making sure they got everything that they need to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well thank yeah. you so much, Danny. Yeah. I hope it was okay. And yeah. Yeah. I had a blast. <laughs> hey, me too. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Hey, thank you, sir. And you have a great rest of your evening and you be too. on the lookout for when this goes live. Will do. Absolutely. Thanks dude. Later, man. <laughs>